is episode number 121 of the High Impact Leaders Podcast, your shortcut to personal growth and career success. Welcome to High Impact Leaders. I'm your host, Doug Standard of the Leaders Institute, and our goal is to help you build strong teams while growing a successful business. Small business owners are always looking for new lead generation ideas, but many of the things that entrepreneurs do before they even make their first cold call or before they attend their first business card exchange practically ensure that they're actually going to fail in the lead generation department. So on this episode, I'm going to give you my top 10 mistakes that small businesses make when they're trying to find new customers. In addition, I'm going to give you a couple of simple solutions to each one of these things. So just follow this guide and customers will actually come to you. Uh, by the way, the episode is brought to you by the leadersinstitute.com. Uh, for details about leadership development and how to create a team culture, visit www.leadersinstitute.com. And if you have questions or comments for me, you can always tweet me at Doug Stannert or contact me via my website at leadersinstitute.com. So let's talk about the top 10 small business lead generation mistakes. Basically, we're gonna we're gonna cover the the 10 things that entrepreneurs will do a lot of times to try to get business or even before they're even trying to get business that will actually cause them to turn off potential customers. And we're going to give you a few tips, think, ways that you can avoid these things. So mistake number one, the biggest one is what I call hiding your company from the world. Uh, the internet is a great equalizer for small businesses. However, you have to make it easy for people who are looking for your products or services to actually find you on the internet. Search engine optimization, what, what a lot of people will call SEO, should be a top priority as a small business owner. You have to make it easy for people to find your website when they're searching on Google. And all it really takes, by the way, is just a little bit of research and a little bit of, of knowledge, a little bit of learning. The keywords and the phrases that you use on your website are absolutely vital in helping people find you. So when you design your content, you have to focus on what your customer wants. For instance, instead of writing content about being the best endodontist, write instead about straightening teenagers' teeth, right? If you if you create informative content, Google will actually send people to your website. By the way, the way that this works is Google picks the top websites based on the frequency of people clicking on and staying on certain websites. Your pages are ranked based on how often they're picked by potential viewers or by viewers. And then they're also ranked by how long that viewer will actually stay on your webpage. So this determines what we call your findability, basically what makes it easy for people to find you when you're on Google. So one of the easiest ways to rank better is by is to start by posting your knowledge about your industry. Share with the world what makes you an expert. Write some blog posts, spread free knowledge on the internet. If, if it's worth buying or if it saves people time, they'll likely investigate your co company further. The more that you share, the more people will see you on social media platforms and learn about you. The more they learn, the more they're likely to become qualified leads and soon to be customers. So if your content is worthwhile, 
your customer base will actually seek out more things that you offer. Then every once in a while, mixed in with your content, give them a web form that, that gives them a place for them to give you their contact information. And then ding, you've got built-in leads. Mistake number two is what I call, I'm a really small company website. <laughs> Ever had a person hand you a business card with kind of the rough edges from separating it at the perforation? Well, a cheap printed at home business card kind of says small time. Similarly, a homemade looking website is a neon sign saying, I'm a small business. Don't trust me. Small business owners have a, a better chance of gaining new clients and, and by selling new new products and services to these clients by creating a facade, at least, of being big, even if you're just starting out. Let's say that you meet an ideal customer at a business function. You have a fantastic discussion, and this new best customer likes what she's hearing from you. You hand her your business card, and then the next day you follow up with her all excited, and you just get her voicemail. And then for the next couple of weeks, your emails now go unreturned. So what happened? Well, if your website doesn't leave a great first impression, she may have been turned off by it. Your website should showcase your accomplishments. It, it should also provide potential customers with valuable content that helps them solve problems. If your site is too slow or if it's too complicated, your potential customer just says nope and, and then leaves. However, if your website is professional, if it's easy to navigate, if it's helpful to potential customers, they're going to stay on the website longer. This, by the way, will actually boost your ranking on, rankings on Google as well. Um, you're, you got to keep in mind that your target audience has a very short attention span. So your site has to meet those needs. Make it easy to find what you're selling or what best answers they have that you have for their questions. Find a balance too. Give your prospective customers some intellectual credit. They don't necessarily want a super easy site either. You know, think about your go-to shopping websites, you know, Amazon, Target, Walmart, those kind of places. Now think about what, what you like about each of those websites when you're on them. Those same ideas or looks shouldn't change just because you're a, a small business. So kind of use what the big guys are doing to make yourself look big as well. So mistake number three is creating a confusing perception in the marketplace. <laughs> this mistake made early in a business's history can follow you for years and can be very difficult to overcome. Um, when my company first started out, when the Leaders Institute, when I first started the Leaders Institute, we were trying to find any way that we could to generate revenue. So when times were tough, you know, when we hit in recessions and that kind of thing, um, we we dabbled in other product lines or services to kind of make ends meet. People who see you promoting dissimilar product lines will wonder what exactly it is that you do. And that wonder is a great way to turn them off from your best products and services. The old adage is that the riches are in the niches. It, it's absolutely true. Don't try to solve every problem for every customer. Instead, figure out what you do better than anybody else in the world and then focus on doing just that thing. Once you make a name for yourself in that specific arena, then expand. Changing your focus too soon will cause your customers to be confused about what exactly it is that you do. So mistake number four is what I call the I can do it on my own mentality. Let's face it. We become entrepreneurs because we're experts in a certain industry or doing a certain thing. 
And we know that we can do that thing better than our competitors. However, we're never going to be experts at everything. So it's important to surround yourself with other experts in different industries or in different arenas. You can contract work out through subcontracting, or you can form joint ventures, or you can create alliances with other companies to support you, but don't necessarily compete with you. I'll give you a good example of this. I have a friend in Austin who used to work for Southwest Airlines. He worked his way up uh, through through the, the organization to the executive level. And because of this background, he's an absolute expert at building a fun team culture at a company. So when he retired, companies began to hire him to help them create team cultures for them. So he was he was basically coming in as a consultant and helping them do what he had seen Southwest Airlines do. So for the past few years, by the way, he's coached executives from hundreds of different industries, different companies. And from time to time, these customers would want him to create a human resource department as well. So instead of him going out and researching how to actually create a human research department, which he had no expertise in, he basically reached out to one of his friends who was an expert. She had an HR background, and so she was an expert in that specific industry. And uh, basically by him recommending her, she pays him a commission now whenever his customers hire her to help them. (laughs) So it's become a great partnership. Uh, so you can kind of do something similar. You don't necessarily have to be the expert at um, at at everything that you that your customer may, may want. If you can become the person who shows them the solution, you're now the 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 go between. You're the person who can actually generate new streams of income or new streams of revenue by doing that. And you can still focus on your core, focus on the thing that you're really good at. Mistake number five is offering something that the market that you're speaking to doesn't actually want. You may have a great product. You may have a great service that people actually want to buy, by the way. But if you're promoting that product or service to a marketplace that doesn't really want it, you're going to go broke. If you're networking with other entrepreneurs and your services are for big companies or prime contractors, you're just going to become very frustrated. So find out where people in your market gather and then promote your company there in those venues instead. Meet your potential base where their specific needs can be met by your company's products and services. Um, this is another big mistake that I made when I when I started my company. Uh, I, I had a great expertise in leadership development and people skills and stuff like that, but I had no customers when I first started. I, 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 but I knew who my ideal customer was. I I knew that that was going to be businesses, especially small businesses, maybe with 10 to 20 managers, but who didn't necessarily have a formal management training system. My thinking was that networking with small business owners would be a good source of of customers. So I went to where I thought small business owners would meet. I went to chambers of commerce meeting. I went to small business breakfasts. I went to Rotary Club meetings and the like. Um, I, I went to all of them that I could find. And after about six months, I was really, really frustrated. And I still had very few customers. And the customers that I had didn't come from any of those meetings. So I was wasting a lot of time going to those places. Eventually, it hit me that the people who were attending the meetings that I was going to 
a lot of times they were salespeople. <laughs> they were they weren't executives looking to find train a training company. They were people trying to sell their products or services to other people. So basically, it was just a bunch of salespeople meeting to try to sell to each other, which was is very difficult to do. So my first big break, by the way, came when I joined an association of business owners in the area. The, the members of that group were my absolute ideal customer. I began to, to generate new customers and, and uh, make a name for myself within that specific group. And it, and it tended to work out pretty well. So find out where your potential customers meet, find out what they read, then promote yourself in those venues. So those are the first five mistakes that a lot of entrepreneurs make. And we're going to cover numbers six through 10 next week on the High Impact Leaders podcast. So we'll see you next week. Bye, y'all.